Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I want to share my thoughts on the NBA Finals. Like the excruciating wait is finally over. Not so much for the Heat because they've been playing. It feels like the Nuggets have not played in a month. But the NBA Finals are finally here. It may not be the matchup that anybody expected. Or maybe anybody actually wanted outside of Colorado and South Florida. But you ask me, it's a damn good matchup. A damn good matchup between two damn good teams. Just don't tell Vegas that. Or anybody betting this series. Or any of the lava spewers on social. Because if you ask any of these people, the series is already over. Depending on where you look this morning, Denver is going off at minus 400, minus 425, even minus 460 to rip the Larry O, which to me is pretty wild. It's kind of insane. It makes Denver one of the biggest NBA Finals favorites ever. And they're a whopping nine-point favorite for game one at home tonight. And nobody is giving Miami any chance anywhere. Nobody, nobody is giving Miami a chance. So where have I heard that before? Where have I heard all of this before? Listen, I understand it. I get it. I've been saying it. And I've been saying this Denver Nuggets team is incredible. I've been saying, and not yesterday either, but for several weeks, that this is the best Nuggets team ever with the best player in the world playing his best basketball in the world right now. They're big. They can shoot it. They can run. They can defend. They have depth. They have it all. They've got a great head coach. There's a reason why they're the best team in the NBA, and they're the one seed. There's a reason why they sank the purple and gold Titanic in four straight. That's why they're here. They're the best team in the league, period. Period. This is why they're an enormous favorite. But... I just want to make sure we all realize that the Heat have heard all of this before. Many times, everybody has been telling the Heat that they're not good enough the entire playoff run. Everybody wants to remind the Heat they almost missed the playoffs altogether. That they lost their play-in game. That they were losing their second play-in game with three minutes to go. Miami's heard all of it. In fact, that's all Miami has heard. Yet all Miami has done is win, win, win. Win, win, The Heat have been the heavy underdog since the first round. Nobody thought they were going to beat the hell out of the Celtics, even when they were beating the hell out of the Celtics. And then nobody believed they could go to Boston and win a Game 7. And now nobody believes they have any shot in the NBA Finals. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. There is one pretty important person who does not see the Nuggets as the favorite in this series. Let me repeat that. There is one very important person who does not see the Nuggets as the favorite in this series. And that would happen to be the best player in the series, Nikola Jokic. Who said that we are favorites? The media? Las Vegas, and Las Vegas tell us that we are not we were underdog before. That doesn't it's not correct, I think. I mean I think we are not the favorites. Uh I think in the finals there is no favorites. Uh 
we, this is going to be the, the hardest game of our life and, and we know that and we are prepared for that. We are preparing and prepare for that. So I think there is no favourites and definitely I think we are not favourites in this uh, series. I think they are not either. I think it's just the finals, you know, there is no favourites in the a, in a, in a, in a finals, my, my opinion. My man, there are no favourites. There are no favourites in the finals. Just like there is no failure. There is no failure in sports. There is no failure in sports. There are no favorites in the finals. My man, there's being humble. There's being classy. There's being respectful. And then there's that nonsense. There are no favorites. Really, go to Vegas and tell me there are no favorites. Go to any betting website you want right now. I prefer DraftKings. But go to any website and tell me there are no favorites. Jump on Twitter and tell them that there are no favorites. Not to completely contradict the best player in the world. Not to completely contradict the two-time MVP, but actually, there is always a favorite in the finals. If by there are no favorites in the finals, you mean that there's always a favorite in the finals, then I would agree, big fella. You're right. There are no favorites in the finals. Except you are the clear favorite. The clear favorite. I'm not saying that Denver shouldn't be the favorite. I'm saying the opposite. You should. You'll just never catch me sleeping on heat culture. But that doesn't mean that Denver should not be favored. It doesn't even mean that Denver should not be heavily favored. They are, for a good reason. They're a one seed with the best player in the world on 10 full days of rest, playing an eight seed that barely survived the East and still is not quite at full strength. Although Tyler Hero... And by the way, you know what that guy is, don't you? More than a sandwich. A hero is more than a sandwich. No, you did not, Jax. Although Tyler Hero is more than a sandwich and also could eventually play some role in this series, if he's more than a sandwich, why hasn't Ike given him his own sandwich? A hero is more than a sandwich. A sandwich is more than a hero. A hero is more than a sandwich. Oh, my bad. Anyway, my point, the hell if I know what his point is. My point is the Nuggets are absolutely a favorite. They absolutely should be a favorite. And no offense to the Joker or the Heat. Then again, it's hard to take what the Joker says at the podium too seriously when the dude can't even admit this is my favorite. The only thing better than him saying, There are no such things as favorites in the finals. He won't even admit that he's the best player, not in the world, not in this series, but not on his own team. The man is so humble, he seriously went full-blown word salad on the single easiest question ever. Are you the best player on the Nuggets, Joker? But uh, it's it's hard to say because you know s- s- sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, and, and I'm cool with that. And uh, I think everybody else are co- good with that. So uh, you know, I think I think the way how he play, everybody can step up, and everybody can be a best player in in, the, in a one game or 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 whatever week or whatever. So. I don't know. I don't know. Can I say myself as about the, you know, the ball is in my hands a lot. So 
I, I make a lot of decisions, so, but I don't know, can I be the best player? Garrett Cole can't believe that response. He just took the easiest question ever and made it seem like somebody asked him to split the atom. But uh, uh, it's, it's hard uh, to say because... Uh, let's not get into that just yet. Yeah, it's kind of tough to say. You know, I don't know. There's lots of good players on this team. Uh, yeah, it's really not for me to say. Uh, uh, I don't know, bro. You did win the MVP award twice in a row. You could have won it three times in a row. You've been absolutely unstoppable. You average essentially a triple-double per night in the postseason. Yeah, I think I'm... Here comes a hot take. Get ready for it. You're the best player on that team, Joker. You are, there, I said it. How you like me now? I said it. But, uh, a- am I viral? It's hard to say. Because, am I going viral? Uh, are people looking at me? <laughs> My man. This dude is so humble. He can't even say he's the best player on his uh, own team. Let me make this very, very easy for you, dude, because you're such an awesome dude. You are, in fact, the best player on that team. Period. Blanket statement. Period. You are the best player on the Nuggets. Wait for it, Joker. There's more. You are the best player in the association. Wait, big dude. You are the best player in this series. You are the best player in the world. You are one of the best players ever. Even when Jamal Murray goes unconscious and his sneakers catch fire like he's in NBA Jam and he starts to hit every single shot, Jokic is still the best player on the Nuggets. Because it's probably Jokic assisting or facilitating or creating the space for those makes. It's still Jokic absorbing the focus of the defense and always making the right basketball play. It's always about the big fella. Always. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Himmy Buckets. No less an authority than Himmy Buckets made it clear yesterday that the Heat are, of course, fully aware of all the things that I am saying. What is the key to slowing Jokic? Guarding him as a team with all five guys. You know, he does everything so well. And um, we're going to have to be in the gaps. We're going to have to gain rebound. You know, we can't have defensive lapses. And we're just going to have to get after it. I think at the end of the day, um, he's a major key, as DJ Khaled would say. And... um, we're going to have to lock in. What is the key to slowing down Jokic? Keeping him out of the arena? Himmy Buckets is also Himmy Bangers, apparently. Or Jimmy Jukebox. The dude is just all about the tunes. Last series, he hit us with the Alicia Keys. And everything's going to be all right. And it was. Eventually, everything was all right. I mean, first, it was stressful as hell. First, it was stressful as hell. 
But after all the butt clenching, everything did turn out all right. Everything's gonna be all And Himmy's right. got the right tune again because if ever, if there ever was a major key, it's major key alert. Nikola Jokic, major key alert. And it's absolutely going to take the entire team to stop him. It's going to take the entire Heat culture to stop the Joker. But would it really be all that surprising if that were to happen? How many times do you have to be impressed by the Heat to actually be impressed by the Heat? Full stop. I'm just sick of everybody. And I'm not saying that they're not going to lose this series. And I'm not saying that it's not going to happen maybe in five games. Maybe. I'm just saying, play the bleeping series. How many times do you have to be impressed by the Heat to actually be impressed by the Heat? How many times do these guys have to shock the world before the world stops being shocked? How many times do we have to learn not to disrespect Heat culture or take it for granted? All right, And I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm just saying... Put some respect on them, and let's go ahead and play the series. I'm not saying that Denver's not the favorite. I'm not saying that I don't expect them to win, because I do. But here's what you will never, ever catch me doing. Telling you that the Miami Heat do not have a chance, or that we're wasting our time in even playing the series, or that the series is already over. Miss me with that bullcrap. I have way too much respect for the Heat to trade in that sort of bullcrap. They have more than earned that much respect, and they have more than proven that they always have a chance. I mean, give them some bleeping credit for real. For real. Put some respect on Spo for real. For real. Consider him maybe the best coach in the game right now. Put some respect on Gaucho Gabe. Put some respect on Caleb Bleeping Martin and Bam Adebayo. This team is not a joke. They're an eight seed in name only. Stop acting like they're Jimmy Butler and a bunch of scrubs and a fat Kyle Lowry. They're the damn Miami Heat. And they're not going to go out there and they're not going to lie down and die and roll over. They're not going to let go of the rope. They're not going to tell you that their failures aren't failures. They're not going to try to say, well, we won three of the four quarters. We just let go of the rope. We won three of the four quarters. This is not the CBA. And they're not going to insist that they were prepared when they clearly were not prepared. The Heat are just going to do what the Heat always do. They're going to scrap. They're going to find a way to make it a fight. And they're going to try to find a way to win a game, one game at a time. And that's why I myself cannot wait to see the start of the series. Even if Vegas and every other talking head and the rest of the lava pukers on social media, already think that the series is over, even though they haven't tipped yet. So, what do you think, spewers? U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. 
Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Chris Mannix is back. Chris, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Great, great. Thank you for the visit. Listen, Heat Nuggets, Chris, may not be the matchup that most fans wanted, but it's the one we're getting. Hard to argue, Chris, that it's not the two most deserving teams. Where do you come out? Are you feeling this matchup? Are you into it? I think it's a matchup for the NBA purist because, you know, they know what these two teams have gone through to get here. Um, You know, really since the second round, the Denver Nuggets have been the most dominant team in the NBA. A lot of people, myself included, thought the Lakers were going to beat them in that conference final. Not only did they not beat them, but they were beaten in four games, and it was the Nuggets who executed best in the closing minutes in the fourth quarter, besting LeBron and Anthony Davis in those situations. So Denver has been brilliant. And Miami, look, you, you can't say they didn't earn it. That's for sure. They go through the number one seed. They beat the Knicks, who were the number five seed. Then they beat Boston, coming back after losing three straight uh, to win a game seven on the Celtics' home floor. So, you know, is it the most glamorous matchup in finals history? Of course not. Is it a matchup of, as you said, the two most deserving teams? Hard to argue that. Chris Mannix joining us. All right, Chris, put aside for a minute who the better team is. Who is the more impressive team to you, given the journeys they've traveled? I think Miami's more impressive because, you know, if you go back to mid-April, they were a loss away from not making the playoffs. I mean, they got beat on their home floor by Atlanta, an Atlanta team that we all know wasn't very good. Uh, What they've done since that loss, you know, beating Chicago, beating Milwaukee, and people point to Milwaukee and Giannis' injury. That's true, but Giannis played two full games in that series, and Miami won both those games. So he did what they had to do in that round. And then, look, being up 3 nothing was a great story early on, but going into Game 7, I gave Miami almost no chance to win that game. You know, Boston was rolling. Jimmy Butler looked exhausted. Uh, I just didn't believe Caleb Martin had it in him to summon another great game, and, and they did it. So, you know, Miami to me is, is one of the most impressive finals teams that we've seen in, in NBA history because – you know, you don't, you haven't had to play play in tournament that many years to survive the play in and then get to this point really is remarkable. Chris Mannix joining us. So Chris, why don't we sidebar really quickly and let me follow you up on that. Your point about you didn't give Miami any chance whatsoever in game seven. And sure enough, they go into Boston and they not only beat them, they beat them down. Where do the Celtics go after that miserable beating at home in game seven? I don't think they go anywhere. Um, I think they bring this largely the same group back together. Uh, Brad Stevens spoke to the media very recently, and he said that Joe Missoula would be back as head coach. That's not surprising. You know, Joe Missoula is the closest thing that Brad Stevens has to a protege, and Brad has a lot of faith in him and his abilities to be an elite head coach. What Joe Missoula needs is help on his staff. I mean, Jim, there was a brain drain in Boston over the last eight months where Ime Udoka exits no real replacement. Will Hardy exits, no real replacement. Damon Stoudemire exit, exits midseason, no real replacement. I mean, a head coach is, is valuable, as Eric Spolstra is showing, but they need help on that staff. They need real experience in front of the bench assistants, especially when your head coach is a 34-year-old, you know, coaching just, what, his third or fourth NBA season. So, you know, the Celtics will, will fill out those spots. I think Steven Silas 
who has a lot of respect league-wide uh, as a coach. He'll want, he, he's a leading candidate to wind up on that bench. Frank Vogel, if he doesn't get one of the last couple of jobs that are available, he's a leading candidate to wind up on that bench. I think the Celtics this offseason will focus on strengthening the coaching staff. And, you know, you'll see Jalen Brown get a max-level contract. You'll see most of this group come back together and, Look, they'll see what they can do next season. We are talking to Chris Mannix. I think he makes some really interesting points in that regard. All right, so back to the series. Given that nobody else has really been able to consistently slow or even disrupt Joker, how do you think Miami goes about defending him? Physically, that's for sure. I mean, look, Jokic's numbers against Miami are outstanding, and the Nuggets' record against Miami in the last few years is outstanding. But this is, in a lot of ways, a different Heat team, a team playing with a lot you know, a different level of confidence than they were during the regular season. You know, Bam Adebayo obviously gets the first, you know, draw, but I think Miami is going to be really physical with MB- with uh, Jokic early on. I had a scout tell me just the other day that look at the way Miami defended Joel Embiid in last year's playoffs. You know, they were physical with him. They bumped him. They grinded him. They used a lot of guys to push him off his spots early on. I think you'll see a lot of that. I think you'll see a mix-up in coverages, whether it's double teams, zone defense, anything to make him think and try to get him a little bit off his game. That's been Miami's strength defensively during this playoffs, mixing things up. And I think you'll see a lot of the same type of stuff thrown at Jokic. How effective it will be, I don't know, because, you know, Jokic is the smartest player Miami's going to go up against. He always seems to make the right plays, unselfish with the basketball. Uh, it's going to be a tall task for them to defend him. Always, always makes the right play. So in addition to being physical with them and changing things up, what is the biggest key for Miami if they're to have any shot at winning the series? I think it's these role players continuing to play above and beyond how they've played in the regular season. I mean, it's going to be incumbent on Caleb Martin to average around 20 points per game and shoot a high percentage from three. Same thing with Gabe Vincent. Uh, Kyle Lowry, even though the numbers don't really – reflect outstanding performances. You talk to coaches, and they'll say Kyle Lowry looks a lot like the playoff version of Kyle Lowry he was in Toronto when it comes to floor generalship, drawing charges, making the right plays offensively. So they need him to continue at that speed. And, look, I don't know if Tyler Hero is going to come back. Miami's been playing this pretty close to the best, uh, as you would expect, over the last couple of days. But if he comes back, he's going to have to give them something offensively. So, you know, a lot of people point to Jimmy Butler, and he's got to carry the day, and there's some truth to that. But I look at, you know, the Robinsons, the, 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 the Caleb Martins, the Gabe, uh, Gabe Vincents, the Kyle Lowrys. Those guys have to play at 150% of their usual level to give Miami a shot. Chris Mannix joins me for a few more moments. In terms of Butler, what does Denver do about Jimmy Butler? Does that fall upon Aaron Gordon? How do they approach Butler? Yeah, they really do have an ideal defender to put on him in Aaron Gordon. I mean, when you look at that Boston series, where Butler struggled at times was with length. And when Rob Williams was on him and when Rob Williams wasn't biting on pump fakes, he was pretty effective, blocked a few shots and forced Jimmy into some difficult ones. Aaron Gordon is a much better version in this matchup than Rob Williams. He's, you know, he's long, he's quick, uh, he's strong, so he's not going to get bulldozed when Jimmy goes to his spot in the paint. Uh, I, I think Aaron Gordon is a huge key for the Denver Nuggets. If he finds a way to make Jimmy Butler efficient, inefficient rather, to keep his assist numbers down, uh, this could be a relatively quick series. I was going to say, so how do you see it ultimately? Who do you see winning and how long do you think it'll take? I mean, I've been wrong about Miami every step of the way, so I'm Everybody the has. worst person on earth to ask. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I thought the Celtics would beat Miami in five. Turns out Miami wins 
uh, in seven. I just think this Denver team's a different animal. Like they have been, you know, sharp as can be since the start of that second round. And like, I wonder what happens in game one. Is there a rust factor for a team that's been off for roughly a week and a half? Uh, and is Miami going to come in and be able to steal one, which would change the complexion of the series? So I'm going to stick with Nuggets and six. Uh, but, you know, there's a part of me that, you know, would want to say Nuggets and five because I think there, there is a talent gap once again in the series. Like Denver is better than any team Miami has faced. Hey, Chris, before I let you go, I'd love to get your thoughts on Golden State. How big of a blow is Bob Myers' departure to that franchise? It's huge. It's huge. And even if Mike Dunleavy Jr. steps into that role and, you know, he's been a big part of what they've done over the last four years, uh, you can't replace the kind of gravitas that Bob Myers brought to that organization. You saw, you know, firsthand, publicly, the things he did to foster good relationships with his star players. I mean, I don't think Draymond Green would even be on this team if Bob Myers wasn't the general manager over the last few years. Myers' relationship with Draymond kept that as a functional one for the organization. He kept, you know, the the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson group together. I mean, Bob Myers just really is as good as it gets as an executive. And with Golden State entering kind of a pivotal time for this franchise where they've got some big decisions to make, uh, it's going to be a lot for Mike Dunleavy Jr. to live up to all the things that Bob Myers did. I mean, he he's one of my favorite people, not only in that sport, but in all of sports. I have immense respect for him. Ultimately, Chris, do you think it was just a matter of, did I don't want to say burnout, but did he just need to step away to recharge his batteries? Why do you think he made the decision that he made? I think there's a lot to that. I mean, being a general manager in the NBA is a year-round job. And when you get more successful, ironically, the job gets harder because you've got to start to find some of those diamonds in the rough in the draft. You've got to make difficult decisions when it comes to finances. And I'm sure a part of Bob Myers looked at this and said, look, I'm sure the era isn't officially over because Steph's still here. But this is kind of an inflection point for Golden State where – they could go a couple of different directions depending on age and roster moves. I do think, Jim, that, you know, Bob Myers probably going to take a year off. He's doing a podcast right now, probably does some media over the course of the next 12 months. But I'm sure there's some part of him that's looking down south and saying, well, if the Clippers don't rebound this year and become a championship-level team, there's a chance that Steve Ballmer and his deep pockets could make me an offer to run basketball operations in L.A. And you know, Bob Myers went to UCLA, and that's a pretty plum job given the new building that's opening in 2024. I think it's 2020, yeah, 2024. Um, that, that's a great opportunity for Bob Myers to rebuild uh, a marquee franchise and make a boatload of money to do it. I think you're so right. That makes so much sense. He's a senior writer for SI and analyst for NBC Sports Boston. He is the co-host of the Crossover Podcast. Game one is this evening. Chris, I know it's a big, big day for you. So great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Great job as always. Anytime, Jim. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Speaking of predictions, speaking of getting down, speaking of betting... One of you hit me this week with exactly what does the big head do when he's not showing up once a week, getting down 
and helping us make money and win bets. And I didn't know the answer. I still do not know the answer. He's, um, I think he's like, uh, or he's the social media director, or I, I don't even know. He's got like a title. I don't know exactly what the hell he does do, but I know that he's here right now to do what he does best, and that's get down and help us make money. Head, what's going on? How you living? You know, to be fair, Jim, I don't know what I do either, but I do know it pays well, so thank you for that. I'm doing fantastic, man. That, that does not make me feel any better about that <laughs> at all, dude. At all. I don't know what I do either, but I know that it pays well. Thanks for having me. Every Damn, two head. weeks, right there. Direct deposit. Sh- thank dude, you. Dude, I'm sure we could fix that. I think we could fix that by having <laughs> you actually do something and pay you less. Why don't you get that bucket of salt and, and dump that in my wounds. Right. All right, that's great. So, hey, Lee, off topic really quickly. Before mm-hmm. we go, NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final, what about the smack-off? Do you have a lean or a feel about this year's field? Who do you like? Well, I like the big hitters always, but I want to see one of those other guys who we think could win it, who has the talent to come through, like the Rick and Buffaloes, the Benny and Wiscos, somebody like that to you know, do what Caleb did a year ago and rip that thing from us. So still filling it out. We still got about, what, uh, oh, oh, June now, so about three weeks. See, that's funny oh. to me is, wow, damn, three weeks. Mm-hmm. What's funny to me, a little more than three weeks, you, you treat that the same way you do gambling. You don't like the chalk. You don't like the chalk. You want the value. You want something different. You want to go in a different way. I yeah, like that. Yeah, you want to make a little bit of money, and there's a lot of talent there, so something always could happen. All right, so something always can happen. Can something happen in the NBA Finals other Mm -hmm. than what the entire world is predicting? Denver v. Miami, the Nuggets are heavily favored. I've gotten into this already. There's a reason why they're heavily favored. It's because they are better. But, like I mentioned, you have a point of view. You have a system. Break it down. Big picture first. Mm -hmm. I know that you already hit them early, but are you going to play the series overall? What's it look like to you? Yeah, so on the greatest sports gambling podcast of all time, Jim Rome's Big Head Bets, I did hit Denver back in February at plus 800. Now, for this series, we want to make money. I I don't think Denver could lose, but on this series, like you mentioned in the opening segment there, they are minus 460 odds for winning the championship here. You could get a series prop bet for Denver minus one and a half games at minus 200, minus 190. I'll actually hit that, the minus one and a half games. You could do minus two and a half games at plus 120, but I'll go with the safe one at minus one and a half games here. for All right, so I think to your point, the best gambling pod ever, Jim Rome's Big Head Bets, had they been listening and had they done what you did in February, you hit the Nuggets in February at plus 800. Yeah, I did. I hit them, and then I hit uh, the Suns to, you know, try to maybe maybe uh, make money. If the Denver lost, I thought the Suns would probably win it. But, yes, we're going to get a good payday, probably plus 700 now because of the Suns bet. But overall for a Denver fan, though, Jim, it's a great, great situation because minus, one, or minus 460 is a wild number. And in the last 40 years, a minus 300 or more favorite in the NBA Finals has gone 14-1. and one. Mm. The only team to pull that upset was uh, Toby and Houston's Larry Brown's 04 Pistons over the Lakers. That's because he is Larry Brown. All right, Larry so Brown. that's that was smart. Plus 800, which is actually plus 700 because you had the hedge, but mm-hmm. good on you. What about Larry tonight? Brown. Now, tonight, game one, 
if they want to get down, what is the number you're seeing? And if you were to play, in fact, are you going to play game one? Yeah, I'm going to play it. So the number is Denver minus nine. I think the best approach tonight would be um, to see if Miami can get off to a fast start, a hot start, and move that number down to about six and hit Denver. But right now, with that nine, I'll take Miami. The key is Miami uh, continuing to shoot the three ball the way they have, even to hang with this Denver offense. And as of now, this postseason, the Heat are shooting the three ball better than anybody, which is wild considering the regular season. Miami was the fourth worst team in the NBA in shooting from distance. But so much of that comes down to Hemi and how the uh, defenses play against him. I'm fascinated by the Aaron Gordon matchup that you and Mannix talked about. It's huge. Gordon has gone from Cat to KD to LeBron and now Hemi on him right now. Um, I don't see Hemi backing him down at all. He'll have to go hunting. Probably Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. is my guess to get those outside guys looks. And they have to hit those threes. Now, Miami has lost six straight to Denver by an average of 12.6 mm. points per mm. game, which is not good. But the Heat have shown regular season numbers do not count uh, for them in winning or covering. I'll take the nine points and go with uh, this generation's Larry Brown and Spo. Well, interesting. I did not think you were going to do that. In fact, I played it the same way. I don't, I don't feel great about that because I love Denver. I love what they bring to it. They've had 10 days off. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like, you know, you ever feel like when you hit something head, no matter which way you hit, you're going to lose. Like if I hit this, I'm going to lose. But if I go the other way, I know I'll lose. So what do I do? Sit out. That's not an option. Every time I've hit the heat this postseason, that's what I feel like, and I usually go the other way, so you might want to fade me close on this one because even Boston, I took Boston, I think, minus eight in game one there, and, of course, Miami freaking won that bet too. All right, so your advice is clones. You might want to fade the head on this one. one. My response to that is fade us both because I'm playing it the same way. I'm going to take the points. I think Denver wins, but I'm going to take the points. I. Look, if I can get Miami plus nine, I'm taking it because they play defense so well. And I, although I don't expect them to shoot the three the way they keep shooting the three, they've been shooting the three. Also, All right. too, Jim, a yes. number on that. Miami's nine and two in their last 11 following an ATS win. So that's a good sign right there. That is. All right. So what about an MVP bet? I mean, I know the Joker is not the best player on his own team. Mm-hmm. Ask him. Right. But what about an MVP bet? Yeah, so here's the thing. Joker is a massive favorite, uh, obviously, to win uh, that at minus 360 is the number. Jimmy Butler is second at plus 330, and Jamal Murray is third choice at plus 1,400. I mm. love that number for Murray. Add the fact that outside of him, he no one is a great matchup okay, for Murray to guard him, to check him. The problem is it's voted on by humans here. Humans have a tendency to be emotional, and I feel since they didn't give Joker the regular season MVP, he's probably going to have to um, almost be horrible not to get this uh, MVP award, so I'm actually not going to hit it just because of that. <laughs> I like that. What's the number again for him? Murray is plus 1,400, but I just don't see how because... No, 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 no. Joker. Yeah. What's Joker's number? Minus 360. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, pass. Yeah, nothing. All right. Now, something very, very sneaky, but those who track you and follow you know that you do really well in the NHL postseason. The Stanley Cup final is now set. Panthers v. Golden Knights. How are you going to play that? Who you got? Yeah, mother of a series here that will end with the first ever Stanley Cup in the history of one of these franchises. 
It is a coin flip. Vegas is the small favorite here at minus 125. Florida is the plus 105 dog. Love what Florida has done. Playoff hockey to a tee with a grit and having won nine of their 12 games by a single goal and really relying on three goal scorers throughout the whole thing. And as great as Matthew Kachuk and goalie Bob have been, I'm actually going to go with the Golden Knights here. Mm-hmm. They made me some money against the Dallas Stars in their series. I'm going back to them again despite them being on their fifth goalie this uh, season. I think they still do it. Their scoring depth is just too much. Vegas has had six different six goal, uh, goal scorers this postseason. Sorry, Rick and Buffalo. Jack Eichel, Stanley Cup champion. Buffalo, I know you don't like it, but Vegas minus 125. I, I like Cup. that, too. I like that, too. I got I got into this the other day. It's amazing. They've got five different goaltenders this year. They're amazing. getting it done. Jack Eichel, for whatever you wanted to say about him, whether or not he had the character or the fit mm-hmm. or was physically sound, he's answered all those questions. The guy's been amazing. Playing I love great. the franchise. I'm going to play it the same way as you. Before you go, have you been playing any baseball? Are you making any money off MLB? How you and I have not gotten caught up on these things. What have you been doing with your time and money, Head? A lot of baseball. baseball. I, I do like baseball. I like the regular season for baseball, and I usually use a lot of their bullpen uh, numbers to, to bet daily almost. Uh, nothing in the last two days, but I'd say about five of seven days a week I've been hitting Major League Baseball. A little over 50% there. So following my future bets, too, with the Braves, the uh, Jays, and then, unfortunately, the horrible pick on the ass White Sox. So, staying busy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't th- at the time, I didn't think it was an ass pick, ah. but I do now. All right, so run this back for me very quickly. The stuff that we covered in this segment, and you can put it up on Twitter when you're done, but who do you have? Nuggets minus one and a half games to win the 2023 NBA Finals. The Heat tonight plus nine in game one. Vegas minus 125 to win the Stanley Cup. And no money on the uh, NBA MVP um, bet. Smart. All right. Nice job, Head. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jim. We'll track it. Let's see. He just said, if you're smart, you will fade him tonight because he continues to get burned by the heat. But I'm making the same play. I'm going to take the points because of the heat culture, because the heat are locked, because, I don't know, Denver's had 10 days off. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Denver is better. Denver's going to win the series. But looking at game one tonight, there's value. I'll take the nine. Who you got? How are you going to play that? 1-800-636-8686. All right, so once again, I'll tell you what, Denver, because this is a situation where they have not been, because this is their best team ever, they are going to be amped. That house is going to be insane. That house is going to be insane. But then again, Miami does not flinch, do they? They do not intimidate. They don't buckle. They don't blink. They don't flinch. They'll be ready. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. In smack-off season, you can. I mean, even, even if you don't call the show, you can still participate. Here's how. Film a 20 to 30-second prediction. Send it to smackoffpicks at gmail.com. Smackoffpicks at gmail.com. Pick a winner. 
shoot a short horizontal video, keep it clean, watch yourself on national TV. It's that simple. It's fun. It's a big part of the program. You take care of your jungle business, and I will keep the player profiles rolling. Today, a jungle OG gets the treatment. A former champion gets the treatment. A man whose voice is a major part of the program. And a dude who has built a brand upon saying my name over and over and over again. Jim, if you'll indulge me for a brief moment, Jim, 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 thank you for your time, Mr. Jim Rome. That's right, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Mr. Jeff in Richmond, one of the most unique and also most polarizing clones in jungle history. Speaking of history, he called into his first smack off 23 years ago. He has already RSVP'd to smack off number 29. He has already sent in a prediction video too. You will never guess who Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff in Richmond picked to win Smack Off 29. Clones, Jeff from Richmond will not only show up, he will show out because in my world, clones, real power can never be given. It must be taken. And I say this to all you morally bankrupt clones. Who wants to walk with Jeff from Richmond? Yeah, I guess technically, technically, that was a prediction. It was much more of a promo for Jeff, which is extremely on brand for Jeff, because everything Jeff does is basically a promo for Jeff and Jeff's brand. Well, except for that one time, he accidentally gave my son, Logan, his nickname for life. It's truly incredible that Jeff made that slip in the middle of a call on this show, and now everybody at his high school calls the kid Rogan Loam. His own baseball coach calls him Rogues. Rogues, because Jeff did this. Aloha means goodbye. War Commonwealth of Virginia. War Jake and Rogan. Uh, Rogan Loam helping revive the Rat family. War... War Jake and Rogan. War Jake and Rogan. Rogan Rome helping revive the. Uh. I told you I was it. Logan Rome's baseball banquet. He's a senior. He's graduating, and his own head coach was roguing him. Rogues this. Rogues that. Rogues was the best closer in the league. Rogues. Listen, I appreciate the Jeff. He's been at this for over two decades. I appreciate that he is still as fired up about it as he's ever been. You know I appreciate that. Sincerely the host of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. I appreciate that very much. I will always appreciate a former champ. Jeff ripped his strap way back in 02. More than two decades ago when he made this call. Jim, thanks for the vine and thanks for the time and clones. This 
is a smack off. This event clones is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end when it comes to sports talk radios. And quite frankly, clones, that is exactly why 99.9% of you slackered, morally bankrupt, liquor swilling, egg swallowing, skank chasing, hippie lettuce smoking clones are on the outside looking in. Silk. Scavenging for cans or washing the dish in his cardboard box. John from Seatown having lunch with the mom. Lunch with the mom. You can never count on the clothes to have a positive impact on the bottom line because Bill from Syracuse with his what is going on? Proves, Jim, that even in the year 2002, the clones continue to mess the bed. That was fire then. Nostalgically, it's fire now. But this is the part where the rest of the clones jump in and say, yeah, Rome. Yeah, yeah, that was fire then. But he just kept making the same exact call over and over and over and over again. And that all of his calls sound exactly the same. And that if he does call in Smack Off 29, he will make that call again. Except it won't sound as good. Yeah, I admit there is a similarity to his calls. But what you would call the same call, I would call his brand. And either you embrace the brand and the nostalgia and the sound and the energy or you simply hate all of it. But don't act like he can't be a factor. Don't act like he's not a former champ. You might say to me, dude, he does not have another gear. He doesn't. He would have shown up by now. Maybe. Maybe. I want to provide him the opportunity for two reasons. One, I want to see if he does, because I think he might. And number two, he gets the opportunity because he has a lifetime exemption. He has won. Don't act like he's not a former champ. He is. You cannot take that from him. You cannot take that from him. Don't act like he didn't bomb him out of nowhere three years ago and rip fourth place because he did that too. After nine years on the sidelines, you see what I'm saying? Don't act like he doesn't have it in him. He went away for nearly a decade, shows up out of nowhere, and nearly hit the podium. That fourth place finish... In 2020 was the last time he called into the main event. If he calls in on the 30th, like he says that he will, he could easily factor once again. I hope that he does. Personally, I am a fan of the brand. Personally, I like the nostalgia. Personally, I forgive him for glossing Logan Rogan. Rogan Logan. Fact of the matter is, I still can't get enough of the big fella. The dirtiest player in the game has come back to the Jim Rome show. Why is Jeff from Richmond so serious about becoming Jim the two-time, two-time, two-time smack-off champion? Because that's how I roll. Whether we get to smack-off 30, smack-off 40, or smack-off 50, Jim, in the end, all I want you to do is this, Jim. Acknowledge! Me. Exclusive private driveway. I was looking out, Jim, at my six luxury sleds, sparkling clean, 
freshly polished and perfectly aligned. And I know the two words that come to mind immediately, Jim, when you think of Jeff from Richmond are humble and modest. Or Matt from L.A. struggling to be relevant. That scrumptious logue. Jeff from Richmond has established himself as the only legitimate sports radio god. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. This is my yard. This is my house. And clones, trust me, I'm not coming to take part. I'm coming to take over. War Mr. Automatic J. Stew without the nicks and cuts of a blade. And until next time, Jim. Good night now! Jeff in Richmond. <laughs> A vet of eight smack-offs, five top tens. He does have a strap, and clearly he is not done. I hope we hear from him on the 30th. He did RSVP. He did submit a prediction. Jeff, be there. Good Good night night now. now. Good night now.